What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, free association. It's the NBA playoff preview episode. Sheldon Alexander of the On Blast Podcast Network joins me to get us up to speed on the deep recesses of a particularly weird NBA season. We'll guess the lines for the play-in games and try to map out how the playoffs may go from a future standpoint. He'll catch us up on who the key figures and X-Factors are going to be and what to expect when we flip on the games come Wednesday. But first, a mini-sweep with a 2-0 Monday in the NHL. How do we handle a trio of interesting game twos tonight? Tom Day to the window. Let's go. Welcome to the window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. We're going to try to get through the hockey stuff here as quickly as we can because I want to get to the basketball stuff with Sheldon Alexander. 2-0 last night, cooking along here early, 4-1, up 3.5 units on the NHL playoffs here so far. And we start with Boston and Washington, and we get that performance from Boston from a metric standpoint that we were hoping for, right? 3.78 expected goals for 5 on 5 to 1.59 for Washington. So 3.78, that's as high as I think we've seen throughout the playoffs so far. Same thing in the high danger chance category, 17 to 7, and they convert 2. Washington converts 0 of their 7 high danger chances. And so a couple of things on this one. One, you know, game goes to overtime. We are now 3 and 1 in overtime games. And the difference here versus the regular season you know if you're relatively new to hockey you know five on five overtime it's a more truer example of you know how good the teams are it's not perfect because we're talking about one goal and it's over type of a situation here but when you look at the regular season we're going three on three overtime in the shootout you know three on three overtime is just you know a variation of the shootout instead of just breakaways it's trading two on ones and breakaways back and forth right and so when you get to the five on five overtime you actually have to create a high danger chance you know with an even playing field with that five on five you know truer sense of hockey type of a situation and so Washington goes scoreless in high danger chances yesterday but still manages to get this game into overtime and to score goals and you look at their goals so far in this playoffs, we're up to like four goals that have been sort of throw it in from the point, have it hit a couple of guys, you know, blue line type shots here that are just finding their way past Rask. Now they could have scored, you know, there's a couple of breakaway or sort of quasi breakaway chances where they could have scored and Rask came up big. But again, that's why you have Rask to come up big in those spots versus, you know, kind of a league average goaltender. Or in the case of Craig Anderson, who is playing fine right now. But, you know, he isn't a guy that you want to rely on to make 17 stops on high danger chance type situations here. So he gives up two goals on the 17 high danger chances, which again, isn't that bad. It's about league average from a conversion rate standpoint. So again, Boston creating all of those chances. And then it takes them next to no time at all in overtime to create, you know, again, that high danger chance that they're able to convert right away to win that game so we you know wipe our brow we sigh in relief and we go on to you know back to boston here where this series is tied 1-1 you know we still have the series price minus one and a half and of course now that it's 1-1 with three of the next four games being in boston you have to feel a little bit better about this series getting wrapped up in six but again washington right now bringing the physicality into this series 
is a little bit surprising relative to the two teams. Uh, elsewhere last night, Nashville and Carolina. This is one Carolina 1.92 expected goals for to 1.11 for Nashville, but the high danger chance is 11 to 5 at even strength in favor of Carolina. They score on two of those 11. Nashville scores on one of their five. So again, same ratio, but because Carolina gets twice as many opportunities, they get twice as many goals. And I was, you know, another situation where I was seconds away from making a live bet, had it pulled up on the screen, got a little bit distracted. Then all of a sudden the screen went blank and I look up and Carolina is scoring a goal to tie it at one. Once Nashville got that first goal, just based on how I felt like the game was going to play out, and I think, you know, obviously Carolina significant favorites, the fact that Nashville scored first, you know, didn't, uh, you know, it didn't dissuade me from thinking that Carolina was going to win that game. And of course, you're getting a price at plus 105 at that point. So it's really just a matter of being quicker on the trigger there, but Carolina a little bit quicker than I was in scoring that tying goal. You know, and as much as Carolina was the better team, you know, we still got into what the third period tied at two, or at least late in the second period tied at two. Like these are the things that can happen in these games. And so we go to St. Louis and Colorado, and it's the exact same situation to, you know, maybe even augmented a ton here, where Colorado is just much, much better than St. Louis. You know, we talked about how kind of the infinity idea of, you know, what the money line should be, like there wasn't going to be a money line or a series price, that was high enough to reflect the correct value on Colorado because honestly my numbers gave or give St. Louis like a seven to eight percent chance of winning this series. And so we watch the series price move from the three hundreds up into the five hundreds. We watch the money line price in game one move from the two hundreds up into the mid three hundreds. <clears throat> so you see you know, people are still like, they're not afraid of a relatively high price here, right? Like the number just keeps moving up and up and up because minus 300 is still good enough for people who, you know, have the numbers, right? And back their bets up with, uh, with these numbers. And so Colorado 2.83 expected goals for to 1.12. The high danger chances 12 to five and the conversion rate two out of 12. Again, pretty standard, a little bit better than average for Colorado and St. Louis doesn't get to that, you know, sort of average number of eight and you know st louis not for lack of trying at least from a physicality standpoint and we talked about washington and boston the other day and ovechkin leading the way when it comes to the physicality element and you know sort of inspiring if you will the rest of the team well st louis tries to do that against colorado and the difference is is that Braden shen comes out and he's hitting everything that moves and then gabriel landeskog comes out and goes like no, we're shutting this down right now. And he basically knocks Braden Shen into next week. And, you know, it's not going to completely dissuade St. Louis. They certainly tried to get scrappy a little bit later on in the game. But it's that physical aggression. And when we're talking about underdogs here and creating variance, there's two ways to do it in the playoffs. One, have a really good goaltender. And St. Louis was bringing that to the table, right? Bennington was making crazy saves. This game was 1-1 through two periods. So again, speaking of you know, just the hockiness of it all, right? Like the idea that this one team could dominate the play, but this game was still 1-1. You know, so Bennington's coming through and he's doing what he needs to do and they're trying to be physical as well. Maybe they're, you know, I don't want to say they're trying to injure Rantanen or McKinnon or whatever, but again, that physical play is going to lead to bumps and bruises and maybe some ineffectiveness potentially down the line. But when you have a guy who, again, is just, you know, he's not 
the toughest guy necessarily in the league, but he's the team captain. He's willing to fight. He's willing to back up his teammate in Rantanen, who just takes matters into his own hands and goes, listen, if you're going to be running around all, all the time, you know, trying to quote unquote injure our guys or at least affect our guys, we're going to put that, you know, we're going to squash that almost instantly. So, um, again, really good showing from Colorado, you know, from a you know, Corsi from a, you know, which is sort of the metric for possession, you know, from a possession standpoint, they were all over St. Louis. Um, going to be really difficult, I think, for St. Louis to win a game in this series. But again, you never know, especially once it switches back over to St. Louis and maybe Colorado has a 2 nothing lead and sort of maybe takes the foot off the gas a little bit. And again, if Bennington's playing really well in this game, in this series, can, uh, you know, you can keep these games close. You never know what's going to happen. But it felt like that was kind of the best case scenario for St. Louis as far as a game plan going into the series and then getting everything that they could have possibly wanted out of their goaltender. As for Tuesday, and I'm going to go on um, the Brown Bag Bets podcast, the live uh, YouTube stream here in a little bit at 11.30 with our friend Andy Molitor and, uh, and our boy Noops and Alex Christensen. And so uh, we're going to wrap this podcast up here really not really quickly because we're going to do the NBA stuff. But if you want to catch that, uh, tune in at 11.30 here on a Tuesday. We're going to talk about hockey. I don't know specifically what we're going to talk about hockey. Um, but with regards to tonight's games, uh, the Isles and the Penguins and the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights, we've got two situations here where it can be tricky as far as bankroll management uh, is concerned, right? And so we bet the series price for the Islanders. We bet the series price for... Minnesota. We bet the game for game one in both cases. We win those two. And now we're in a really good position from a series price standpoint. And so do we bother betting this game, uh, these two games, essentially, Islanders plus 110, even some plus 115 out there. Uh, again, we're waiting to see if Malkin is in. We also don't know necessarily if Semyon Varlamov is ready to go for the Islanders. That's a little bit less of a concern and you know a little bit less of a sway with the uh, money line price. Should he be in the lineup versus Malkin, who I think is going to make, uh, you know, obviously a bit more of a uh, difference here. Now, again, Pittsburgh's still dealing with their goaltending issues, and I think just still not being the better team here. But again, do we pile in here for a second straight time on the road at Pittsburgh? By the way, and I wrote about this on the Action Network um, at preview for the day. Pittsburgh's getting the the augmentation, if you will, of the crowd, right? They are allowing more people in. Um, as of I think yesterday was sort of the statewide uh, relaxation of that uh, of that limitation, and so I expect Pittsburgh. You know, it's a standard cliche, but it's true, right? You lose the first game, and I make this adjustment of about like a five percent win probability into my numbers. When you lose that first game and you have to come back in that next game, you know, sort of the do or die element. Now, we're not talking about full on death here as far as losing the series, but going down 0-2, losing the first two games at home, that's big time trouble, right? And so um, I think Pittsburgh is going to come out on fire here in the first period. I talk about how if you want to bet the Islanders, which is still from a number standpoint, the quote unquote right play, but from a situational standpoint, that's a problem. So I would wait 20 minutes. I would wait a full first period just to see what happens, to see if they can weather this storm. And if it's one nothing Pittsburgh, you know, maybe again, you bet the Isles here to come back. Maybe uh, you even bet it at a plus one and a half type of thing. You know, you sort of have to kind of play it by ear, if you will. But certainly if it's a tie game after the first period, 0-0 or 1-1, 
I would still probably take a shot with the Islanders because you're going to get the same price that you're going to get now. Same story when it comes to Minnesota and Vegas. We talked about the change in the price here over the course of, you know, essentially Sunday leading up to that game where we were able to get plus 150, plus 155 going into that game. And then it moves down to plus 135, maybe even some plus 130 in some spots. And now, you know, that number has adjusted or has sort of stayed to where it is now. I think, you know, the market has made an adjustment for the idea that Vegas is going to be the more desperate team. And so this number is sitting at plus 140. If we're making that adjustment in our own model, then the value sort of seeps away and becomes kind of outside of where we would normally want from an underdog. And again, we already have a plus 215, plus 200 uh, series price on the Minnesota Wild. And so again, if they could get this win, that just furthers our chances to get that price done. And again, just sort of logically, I don't know that we're looking at a sweep or a five game you know, series win here for either the Wild or the Islanders. Now, it so happens that you know, two years ago, for example, where the Islanders go and they swept the Penguins. And I can tell you, like, I didn't bet them in game two. I probably didn't even bet them in game three because I just wanted to let that series price ride and bank the series price, which was an underdog price, and it was close-ish to plus 200, having already banked that first game. And so this is where it gets tricky, right? Do you start giving away profits here, knowing that you know you need the team that you've bet on to win one more game than the other team? And so you know, now we just need three out of the next six. I think it's a very strong possibility this is one that goes Pittsburgh's way, or Vegas's way, depending on you know which series you want to talk about here. But nothing else has really changed other than the fact that, again, the favored team is at home still, but in this case is now you know knowing that they are kind of in a desperate spot. So this is kind of a stay away situation for me, you know, but again, if you are more aggressive than I am when it comes to sort of you know going in the face of the um, you know the narrative, if you will, you know, I think that you can make a play on both and try to kind of, you know, hope to hit one. For me, not really worth it because, again, if we can get a 2 nothing lead in either of those series, I think we'll be in really good shape when it comes to our series bets. Uh, and then there's Tampa Bay and Florida. And this one fundamentally comes down to the same thing it came down to in, you know, the first game. If we can get an announcement here that Chris Dreger is going to start, I will hop on Florida plus 110. And it's pretty simple. The high danger chances, the expected goals for five on five went Florida's way in that first game. And I don't think Joel Quenville's an idiot. I don't know if he has the powers to do this, but you know, he's certainly capable, I think, of making some adjustments, hopefully here, him and his coaching staff and the team, of course, you know, so that it's not three out of four from a power play conversion standpoint for Tampa Bay. Or maybe they're gonna play a little more disciplined, knowing and seeing that Sam Bennett ended up getting suspended for that hit that we talked about briefly yesterday. You know, you look at that and you go, okay, let's tighten it up here. They're going to burn us on the power play. We were the better team at even strength. And, you know, three power play goals and a shorthanded goal, like that's got to tighten up from a special team standpoint. So it's easy to look at Tampa Bay and go, oh man, Kucherov, Stamkos, like they're back. Like this team's a menace. And you're not wrong necessarily. But again, that's why we look at the metrics, right? And it's the same thing as going into Colorado and St. Louis and being like, wow, St. Louis is a plus 300 underdog. Like two, you know, two years ago, they won the Stanley Cup. 
same, you know, pretty similar core. Like we should take a flyer with this. Then you watch the game and you realize that they're completely overwhelmed. And it's like, that's what the metrics are telling us, right? So on the flip side, the metrics are telling us that this is still very much a 50-50 type of a game. But again, I just don't want to back Bobrovsky because that guy is all over the map. And so uh, if we can get Dreger, if we can jump on that at plus 110, that's absolutely the play of the day, if you will, uh, when it comes to these matchups tonight. Anyway, let's get into the NBA and a couple of things here, some full disclosures here. Sheldon and I recorded this yesterday on Monday and at the time series prices weren't up yet. You'll sort of hear us refer to, you know, wondering what the series price is going to be. I think we were pretty bang on with, you know, what we thought some of these series prices were going to be. The one interesting note that you'll sort of maybe raise an eyebrow to when you're listening to this is the Lakers line has come down even further. Uh, it was six and a half at the time of our recording yesterday. And then shortly thereafter went down to four and a half. I think this is really interesting because of, you know, First of all, I, I'm not really sure why anybody would like Golden State in this situation unless we all sort of decided that there was a significant injury here and, you know, LeBron wasn't going to play, which doesn't seem like it's a thing, you know, that's going to happen. So um, at any rate, uh, I, I think it's really fun conversation. But if you're just sort of wondering as you're listening, like, wait a second, like series prices are out or or, you know, this spread isn't right or that spread isn't right. It is because we recorded it yesterday. But, uh, um, you know, anyway, uh, you will you should enjoy it. And, uh, and uh, I know I always enjoy talking to Shell when it comes to the NBA and a lot of other stuff. According to reports out of the United States of America, the NBA playoffs start this week. We have been playoffs and let's be honest the nba regular season kind of went by the wayside this year and i want to sort of frame this because you know listen my big thing is the nfl college hoops nhl playoffs right like that's what i will sort of make my uh, bones in if you will that's what i will stake my reputation on and then from like a recreational standpoint college football the nba playoffs and then way down the list is major league baseball postseason you know that stuff's more fun so i want to make sure that this you know, that you guys know that this isn't a subset of my betting where I use market ratings or my own model to evaluate, you know, advanced metrics and all of that sort of thing, right? Or I, or I watch every game in the season and I know what's wrong with every team the way I might in the NFL. This is not that, right? Can we still be profitable betting the NBA playoffs? Sure. In a short sample size, just kind of throwing darts. Why not? So as you know, one thing that bothers me about mainstream media is that these shows, you know, who don't talk about a sport all year. And in Canada, that's college basketball. In the United States, that's the NHL. And then all of a sudden, they're experts when it comes to, like, the big time of the year, right? March Madness or the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm telling you, I'm coming at this from a dumb guy standpoint, which is why we're bringing in a non-dumb guy. We're bringing in the host of the On Blast Podcast Network. He wrapped up his wrap it up. Raptors post game podcast this past weekend, mercifully, I imagine, for him <laughs> on Sunday. And now we he can get us up to speed on whatever this NBA season was. Sheldon Alexander, it's been a minute, my friend. Welcome back to the window. It's been a while, man. It's been a while, but I'm happy to be back. And, you know, NBA playoffs, as much as I complain about the season sometimes, as much as I, you know, People complain year after year, oh, well, it's so obvious what's going to happen in the NBA. That's what it's always like. I'm still here watching. I'm still consuming sure. all the games. I'm still here watching inside the NBA at like 1 a.m. in the morning, catching jokes just because <laughs> I love basketball. 
And I was, I was reminded of like how washed I am because I realized that my first year, like okay. working in like just basketball was doing court cuts, LeBron's rookie year. Like as I watched oh, wow. LeBron, like hobbling off, I was like, Oh shit. Wait, LeBron is really old. Oh yes, <laughs> exactly. So here we are. And this is, a weird weird season as you alluded to i don't even know how you fully like grasp what happened this season and especially coming off last season where there was a gap in like months then they moved into a bubble and you're thinking yeah we'll never see anything as crazy as we did last year well, yeah this are. was kind of weirder wasn't it like <laughs> like so here's Definitely. what i know when you say sort of fully grasp right i'm not even half grasping at this point right <laughs> um here's what i know uh Jokic won the MVP like it looks like that's going to happen um which I mean sounds like a thing that is insane LeBron and AD didn't play you know it feels like (laughs) uh the Suns added Chris Paul to a bubble squad that went undefeated and were really really good way better than I think anybody expected uh I remember the Jazz were dominating early after that don't really know what happened uh apparently the Celtics stink all of a sudden Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything else was super predictable. I mean, guys sat out so, all the time, which is predictable. And, you know, your Miami Heat are saving it for the playoffs, apparently. So, I mean, that's literally all I know about what happened in the season. So fill in the blanks for us and, and sort of run with anything you want to out of that group of uh, misinformation. So a few things, right? I was on the Phoenix Suns just because the Chris Paul effect is a real, real thing. Plus, he was linking up with this guy, Monty Williams, again, which is a real, real thing. So the Suns being good, like, did I expect them to come in second? No. If you told me they were going to come in, like, the top four, I would have taken that. Um, The Lakers and the season that they had, they had a long season, right? And LeBron was – and the one thing to know about LeBron at this stage of his career, just listen to what LeBron is saying, and sometimes you can tell what's going to happen because he's setting us up. Right. So when LeBron Mm -hmm. was complaining already about they didn't want the season to start until like the season started in December, they wanted it to start in February. Then they said, okay, January, but then even that wasn't a thing. But once you saw those arguments come up, LeBron is telling you that he's, he's not where he needs to be. And all we saw this year, LeBron played, I think like 40 games, like that's barely half the season. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, LeBron at this point, um, I'll, I'll start with the. I mean, we'll we'll get to this, but I'm not buying Lakers stock in these playoffs. Mm, okay. I'm just not. I'm just okay. not going to do it. I know the Lakers are still the favorites, and I get that, and I understand why they're the favorites. But I'm telling you, if LeBron James is injured, they're not winning because <laughs> no, what course. they need to happen. No, no, no. I know that sounds super yeah. obvious, but right. LeBron even like banged up, they're not winning. People forget what happened last year in the bubble was. Rajon Rondo, they needed him to win the NBA <laughs> championship. That right. sounds crazy, but that's what actually happened. So now that Rajon Rondo role, they got Schroeder. And the benefit of that is Schroeder is able to give you more on a consistent basis. Does that make right. sense? Than Rondo, yeah, yeah. Right? Like sure. Rondo's going to have the spots where, you know, games one, game four, and game six, Rondo's going to blow up, right? He's going to have, like, right. really great moments. Might not give you that much in those other games. Ron or uh, Schroeder might be more uh, steady. 
Right. But he's also banged up. They're also missing Caruso. And let me tell you something. If your team is missing Alex Caruso, right. Okay. That's a thing that's being uttered by people. We really need Alex Caruso. I'm going to take a step back. And that's not shade on Alex Caruso because the obvious thing people say, oh, he's a bald white guy. That's not what I'm saying here. My guy's a defensive special, quote unquote, they need his defense. That's what they really need from Caruso. But the point is, if that's what you're missing, I don't like your chances in the playoffs. But right. I so, so, you know, this. This year, you see a lot of people getting into Formula One racing, right? And the problem with Formula <laughs> One is, and I'm one of them, and I've been in there. I've yeah. been in for a year and a half now, so I'm way ahead of everybody. Uh, oh, I was going to say, is it the Netflix <laughs> show like everyone else is talking? Yeah, is exactly, why? right? It was one of the first things that we watched um, last March. And so when we were all over last season in Formula mm-hmm. One. But, you know, the point is, is like a lot of people don't like Formula One because they do, you know, the fast cars start at the front and there's kind of no passing and like they get that head start and Mm -hmm. in the nba playoffs usually that's kind of the same thing right where the lakers get the one or the two seed and then they have the easy first round matchup and blah 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 blah, right well this is like this one time where like lewis hamilton like wrecked his car for some (laughs) reason during qualifying and like has to start 17th and it's like okay like he's probably still the favorite in the race but now he's got to pass 16, you know, cars in front of him. Now, obviously, it's not a 16 team in front of him type situation here. But LeBron and company do have to play in this play-in game. So we're going to sort of go through these play-in games here. Um, we'll have a little fun with it first, right? We're yeah. going to steal the bit, uh, as you've probably heard on many other podcasts. Uh, we're going to do a little playing uh, guess the lines in the play-in game. So um, I already guessed the lines before I saw them. I have now written both of them down. There are some very interesting results on kind of both sort of sides of the spectrum here based on kind of just branding from my standpoint, right? Like just kind yeah. of like, okay, this team's at home. Like I think this of that, like I think they're probably considered this good and, you know, see how far off I am. And so um, we might as well start with that Lakers uh, Golden State game, right? Two incredibly big brands, right? But we've yep. got obviously like the Steph Curry's doing it all himself version of the Warriors here. So um, what's your guess on the point spread here for this play-in game that is going to be hosted by the Lakers? So <clears throat> can I say first off, big news a couple weeks ago when LeBron said whoever came up with this shit should get fired. <laughs> Remember that? A couple weeks ago yeah. LeBron said that about the playing tournament. I think whoever came up with this playing tournament should get an, a raise. Like, they should become, like, Adam Silver's, like, deputy assistant or whatever. Because yeah. you couldn't have drawn this up any more perfect to where you're in a situation where you're getting Lakers Warriors in the first year that you came yeah. up with this playing tournament. It's like sure. anybody that has anything negative to say about the playing tournament, it's like, yeah, you can just shut up. Right. Yeah, Lakers it's like Botas is sitting next to Hamilton in the seventeen, the sixteen and seventeenth place. If we're going back to the Formula One, it's like what happened to Mercedes, you. right? Incredible. Um, so looking, I mean, I'm excited about it because it's it's going to sort of showcase all you know these you know a theoretically must win. In this case, it's not even that must win, I suppose, right? No, no, because like obviously the other part of the play is that people don't fully grasp what's happening, right? So. Reality is both the Lakers and Warriors could still make the playoffs, and that is probably what will happen, right? right? So, as you said, it's not really must win, but still, if you were trying to tell me instead that this was like 
Sacramento versus the Spurs. Now, I'd probably be watching Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'd probably still be watching. But you're not getting, like, the average fan. You have no chance of getting the average fan to watch that. So that's the thing. But as we No, it was designed... It was designed to give like the Suns and Grizzlies like a showcase game, right? And then, but all of a sudden, the Suns were really good. The Grizzlies still managed to get in to the play-in game. But yeah, this got even more showcase than they ever thought possible. And also, too, it helped the end of the regular season matter, which is not a thing that is which is like the biggest issue in the NBA. You've had teams tanking, you've had load management, you have all these things that have plagued the NBA season year after year after year, and now you remove those things. So cool, we're all here. But the reality is the Golden State Warriors, one of the most, one of the easiest things I've done this season in making money is betting against the Warriors whenever they play an actual good team. Mm. Okay. So I don't know what the point spread is in this game, right? But the only reason the Lakers might not roll in this game is because LeBron is going to be, like, hobbled on his ankle and it might be, like, his second game back, and who knows if Caruso's there. But other than that, if you're telling me Lakers at home by anything less than, like, six and a half, I'm in okay. the Lakers. Okay, see, that's interesting because, again, not knowing anything, I guessed, like, ten. Because I'm this like, what, right? But I'm saying like, I'm like, where do I sign up? If you're showing me anything less than six and a half, where do I sign up? Right. Do you know, and do you so, know what I'm saying? The, my yeah, only hesitancy sure. is LeBron as I seen him hobble off the court last night. <laughs> right. And I guess I, you know, maybe I should have factored in the, the percentage of, you know, LeBron not being, you know, at a high percentage, if, if you will, right? Like, you know, yeah. factor, well, it's a 75% LeBron or whatever. And the answer to, to the question is, it's actually six and a half. So you nailed it right on, right on the button. And so I'm just looking at that going like, well, isn't, you know, again, isn't Davis. And again, healthy is sort of a, you know, is the operative word is a, you know, uh, you know, throw italics around that one. Right. Like, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that anybody's healthy on that team at this point, but like, I'm like, isn't, isn't that going to be kind of a blowout? And like you said, like, you know, anything less than six and a half, you'd be all over, but of course it just happens to be six and a half. So, you know, so I'd still, (laughs) At six and a half, I'd still ride with the Lakers. And here, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the reality. In, these, in this scenario where it's just like the one game and then the Lakers can chill until the playoffs start, which is probably going to be on the weekend would be my assumption. Yeah. They'll just gas up Anthony Davis and say, listen, they have no big guys. They have Looney and Draymond. Draymond's right. going to talk a lot of trash to you. But if <laughs> this is a game where we need you to go out and get 40 and 20. And Anthony yeah. Davis is able to do that in one-off scenarios every once in a while. Well, and remember, like back in the old days, if you will, right, with the Pelicans, <laughs> he was doing yeah. that against the Warriors even at the best of times, right? For sure. Like he was tearing 1, them up even, yeah, even at, at sort of full uh, full capacity, if you will. So, um, all right. Yeah, so, I mean, you're already one for one. So, like, everything after this is is just a bonus. That was, um, I think that was the furthest I was off on any of them. And that was just because, again, I think uh, there's a very strong chance that this is just an absolute uh, blowout by the Lakers. Uh, elsewhere in the West, the, uh, <laughs> the undercard, I guess you would call it here. <laughs> San Antonio Memphis, which, like, feels like a 2011, like, second round matchup. But yeah. here we are. Uh, what do you have for this one? 
So the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, if anyone paid attention to what just happened with that game where you had the Grizzlies against Golden State and basically the winner got the eighth seed. And a couple of things here about the Grizz. Their strength, or I guess like they still have like some remnants of that grind city thing. Obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, Jaron Jackson came back, which he's been a dude for them, but he was injured for the majority of the season. He came back and has made their team, you know, more of what it was intended to be, right? Like, he's their best player, but also at the same time, like, being out of the lineup and then trying to work your way back in the crazy season that this was, okay, it might take some time. He only played 11 games, right? Okay. So I look at this team and I think if this was a full season of the Grizz, I'd have a lot more faith in them. But I feel like Pop is going to come up with some stuff that's going to make it like, all right, we'll just let John Morant shoot, (laughs) which he can't do. And and if Jonas Valanciunas (laughs) is going to beat us up inside with Jaron Jackson, I'm going to take my chances with that. So with that said, I'm looking at a a, a shorter point spread. Um, Mm -hmm. The Grizzlies are, are... would be favorites at home would be my assumption. And I would say mm-hmm. it's Grizzlies minus two and a half. So that was my guess. So <laughs> we're at least on the same page. It's a touch higher at three and a half. Oh, so close. we're like, we're right there. Right. So, okay. yeah, I look at this and I go like, nobody ever wants to bet on San Antonio, right? Like Memphis and jaw. Like that's such, that is like, it's a lot more. Yeah, fun. That, it's a lot more fun in theory. And then you go, okay, well, Pop, you know, we should take the points with Pop because, you know, he's going to, like you said, jigger up some sort of defense and, and sort of have this team prepared, right? And that's, you know, that's the case in a lot of years. But, you know, we've seen recently with Pop, just not really, right? And, like, we yeah. always kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. It's like, True. you know, it's, it's, he's like the one guy relative to the league or, or, or even these players that sometimes they go, well, as long as blah, blah, blah is on the team, like, I'm going to give them an extra benefit of the doubt. Like Pop's the only coach where you just kind of go like, all right, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. But I think, you know, in theory, we have one full point of value here to take San Antonio plus three and a half. And like, again, maybe this just ends up with like Pop not fouling down five with like 15 seconds to go and just shaking hands. And you're sitting there going like, Pop, um, you know, the game's still going, man. Like, we could keep, you know, like, he he's done that in the past. I think it was a couple of years ago where it was just yeah. like, really, we're not going to just play this one out in the last 15 seconds? Um, so hopefully that doesn't necessarily um, be the case, you know, for him. Uh, your man, DeRozan. Yeah. Are we, so, are I we mean, backing him? Is that what we're going to do here? It, it's tough, right? Because at certain points you look at the roster of the San Antonio Spurs and you're just like, how did Pop even get them here? Yeah. Right? Like, and, and I know oh, we're sure. talking about what 10th place, right? Right. So yeah. it's not like it's not like they're, you know, yeah, way to go. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you look at this roster, it's DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertle's getting a lot of burn, and then a bunch of like young wing guys that haven't really done much, and Patty Mills coming off the bench bombing away threes. So it's a weird, weird squad. And I look at them and I think. I mean, I don't know how this team, like, I could sit there and really say I bet on the San Antonio Spurs to do anything. Mm. Like, I know that's counter to what I just said, right? In a sense, when you're trying to, like, guess the line. But I'm saying now we're talking about betting, 
what am I, what would I put my money on? Right. Ugh. I have a so, tough time putting my money on that Spurs team, man. Yeah. So with this, so Jaron Jackson is back and he's healthy. Is that the, is that what's happening here? He is, he is back. He's played. He's, I mean, he's looked okay. I mean, he's still not, again, 11 games down the stretch isn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a ton at all. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so if you look at it from that perspective, their strength is going to be in the paint, right? They'll they'll play Jaron Jackson and Jonas as their front line. There's not a lot of teams that can match up with that. And the Spurs are not one of those teams that right. can match up with that. And then if you already want to give the advantage to Ja on the perimeter, right? right. Dylan Brooks will be all in DeRozan's grill the whole game being super annoying. Shout out to our Canadian dude, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, but sure. he'll be all in DeRozan's grill the whole night. And if DeRozan doesn't play well, then you're relying on DeJounte Murray and like those guys. It, hmm. It's tough, right? So, so when we look at it from the point spread angle and you're telling me guess the line, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is what I'll see it as being. But if you're telling me who I'm betting, like who would I bet my money on? I don't know if it's the Spurs, man. Okay. So, I mean, is it possible that, that you know, you're looking at the Spurs team and going like, one, they're a tenth place team that could easily be a twelfth place team. With the injury <laughs> to Jackson, are you looking at this Memphis team that is like, you know, a ninth place team that could be a sixth place team if they had, you know, a full roster? Like is it that type it's, of thing where we might be getting value on Memphis because they should have been higher up in the standings if they were the version that they are now throughout the entire season? Yeah, Memphis had some runs this season and especially early on in the year where they, you know, they were a frisky team in terms of the fact that they put up some solid games against some really good teams, you know. And the reason for that is their style of play. Their style Mm -hmm. of play, like they are a really solid team. And you look at how they finished out the schedule, they finished out on a very good run. Right, okay. They finished yeah. out on a great run where they were able to pack together a lot of wins. I mean, not against a lot of good teams, but hey, you play sure. who's in front of you on the schedule, right? Yeah. And getting your guy back, Jaron Jackson, who again, like when all things are equal, he's probably their best player, right? So okay. that's, the, that's the other part of it. Like John Moran is, is good and the flashiness and all that, and, and it's great. But the reality is Jaron Jackson, where he was coming before he got injured, it was like it was gonna be like that team was you're looking at that squad and saying they could make some noise again. Okay. So right. the Grizz, yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at the Grizz. And I like how their team's put together. Just with like role definition, they still have the ability to to, you know, play a big guy in Jonas and Jonas can dominate certain matchups, right? Where yep. other teams are still not trying to play big guys or play centers. Jonas can dominate those matchups and dominate the glass so that's nice that's is nice. san antonio's is san san antonio's uh answer for that hurdle like is that it like who else who else do they have that potentially in the mix there <laughs> and like if that is the case like obviously two former teammates i believe right where they were on this they were on uh, the raptors at the same yeah. time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah, yeah so should, like is there like a, oh like valanchunas are you know purtle is going to have a problem with his former teammate Valachunas, like kind of, you know, they've, they've battled before in practice, like that kind of narrative element to it. Like if Pirtle's the only guy who can deal with the size of Memphis, like that feels like a real problem. 
Yeah, I think it goes down to as well what the Spurs kind of decided they were going to do, right? Because at one point, you got to remember they also had LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge right. was kind of upset with the lack of minutes that he was getting. And it's like, if you're mad at the minutes you're getting behind Jakob Pertl, right? Like that kind yeah. of makes you perk up and be like, wait a second, what's going on here? Right. But from what I've seen from Pertl this season, it's like he's a solid big guy. You know what I mean? He's not – Yeah. I'm not banking my team on it and saying, like, yes, we are set at the center position going forward with Jakob Pertl. That's not where – that's definitely but against, not where I would be. But against a lot of teams, that doesn't really matter, right? Because just the way that the NBA is right now. But this might be exactly. the one team with Memphis where that, like, is a problem because of, you know, Valanciunas being kind of different than a lot of teams have, right? He's a different For element sure. than a lot of teams have. And, and the other part is I think a lot of the Spurs' success – probably comes from when they size down, right? Because their best lineup is probably playing a little smaller and playing with a lot more of their perimeter guys, right? Mm. Because when you play with those perimeter guys, and, and I'm saying, you know, you're letting, you're spreading things out a little, right? You're going with DeRozan. You're going with, I mean, they've played Rudy Gay at the four at certain times, which is weird when you're still relying on Rudy Gay minutes. Sure. Right? I can't believe he's still in the league. This exactly, is to me. right? Who, who he played for. But, like, Vassal's <laughs> been good. You got Lonnie Walker. And, as mentioned, Patty Mill comes off their bench. But you get weird, like, big guy minutes from Georgie Dang. You get weird big guy minutes, yeah. right? So, like, it, it's it's an odd run. Like, it's an odd squad they got there with, with the Spurs. That's the other okay. part of it, right? So, I yeah, don't... it feels to me like they accidentally finished 10th. And they're like, God, we have to play in a playoff game, maybe? You Correct. know what I mean? <laughs> like, Correct. Like, God, we could have been, like, a top five pick if we had just lost a couple more games. Like, how did we accidentally do this? And, and God, if, like, Zion... Kind of drag you to respectability sometimes. And if, like, Zion and Brandon Ingram don't get hurt, that's probably the Pelicans, right? Because they yeah. finished just barely ahead of the Pelicans. So, yeah, you're totally right on that. Okay. Spurs, so, yeah, it's, actually, it's, it's an ugly go. Yeah. This is what okay. we do, right? This is what we do. Well, we talk our yeah. way through. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times when I get to the NBA playoffs, and I, if I'm, you know, if it's a particularly boring season that I haven't been paying attention to, like this one was, um, you mm-hmm. know, I'll get to that first game, and you know, I'll sort of, you know, start watching the game, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that, you know, you know, in this case, that Jaron Jackson was this good, or I didn't realize that San Antonio had no size to even handle the likes of Jonas Valanciunas. And so it's worth obviously having this conversation so that you don't go in surprised when there is like a blatant matchup, you know, disparity here, whether it's on the inside or the outside, right? And obviously let's throw in a conspiracy theory of if you can have John Morant playing another game, another do or die game, you Mm -hmm. absolutely want that to happen. So we'll leave that there. We'll move to the East here where again, confusion or you know the boston celtics somehow ended up in this playoff Uh, round with the washington wizards which obviously this is this is what i know about the washington wizards russell westbrook (laughs) doing triple double russell westbrook things is that good enough to make the playoffs pretty much is it was back when he was doing it on his own in okc you know blah 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 right all of that same thing so um you know, feel free to sort of give me your take on this series while you guess the spread here, because this one surprised me. But again, that's because, you know, I don't know anything about what's going on with either of these two teams, especially <laughs> either of these two teams, given what what my preseason expectations, I guess, would have been for both both sides. 
Yeah, so, I mean, this one's a little weird because the Boston Celtics, the biggest thing is obviously Jalen Brown's out, right? And that's a huge blow for a team that was already struggling this season and playing below expectations. So you remove Jalen Brown from it and you say, all right, you still have, on paper, you still have Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, right? That, when you're looking at it on paper, star power-wise, and you're saying, okay, Russ and Bradley Beal – that should still be somewhat close. And you look at this and, you know, I'm going to say that Boston, I bet you this is probably close to a pick because people okay. on paper are still thinking Boston is like, they'll be okay and they can hang with the, the Wiz and plus the Wiz are at, or no, sorry, Boston's at home, right? Yep, Boston's at home. So I'm going to say that it's probably like Boston – Boston by like two and a half. That'd be so, my guess. Uh, but based, I like the Wiz. Yeah, I, w- I, I mean, I was, you know, going the same route. I was like, well, it's still Boston. Like, I know obviously Jalen Brown's out, but like you said, those two other guys. And so I was just like, well, they're at home. Like, it's going to be a decent amount. And so I guessed five. Okay. It's one and a half. So you're Ooh. way closer. You're right okay. on it as far as like it being close to pick them. But even you kind of gave Boston even a touch yeah. more credit than even the market did at this point. So, but you did say that you like Washington. So obviously you're hoping yes. maybe that to get the two and a half there. Uh, <laughs> instead you're getting the one and a half, which I mean, let's be honest in the NBA is essentially, uh, you know, you might as well go money line at that point. Um, For sure. So yeah, so you like Washington. I will sort of say, you know, I, I did catch uh, the Bill Simmons podcast with Ryan okay. Russillo that they did yesterday. And of course, Simmons always fun to listen to or, you know, fun Talk with quotation marks. Yeah. yeah, talking about the Celtics. And he says he'd be shocked if they won the game, which of course is hilarious because, I mean, they are still one and a half point, or, you know, one and a half point yeah. favorites here, right? Like shock seems like that's excessive, but like he stretch, watches every yeah. single game. Um, where do you sort of, you know, shock might be probably a stretch, like you said, but like, where do you land? Like, you like the Wizards. Like, is that something that you're like, yeah, I'm betting the Wizards. Like, I don't even have to think about it type of a situation. So to me, if you here, here's the here's the thing about basketball sometimes, right? Basketball is a weird sport in the sense that, you know, sometimes we make it more complicated than it needs to be. For sure. Right? And sometimes it especially when you get into the playoffs and you're telling me it's a one game scenario, it's my best players versus your best players. If you're telling me that it's Russell Westbrook and Bradley mm-hmm. Beal and Russell Westbrook in the month of what month are we in? Cause the time is just uh, allegedly <laughs> <time>. May. <laughs> right. So Russell Westbrook. Oh, I found it. Russell Westbrook in the, in the month of May. Okay. Meaning they've okay. been basically playing playoff games. If you're the whiz to solidify sure. your plan, right? Yep. 26.3 points per game, 13.8 rebounds per game, 16 assists per game, and basically two steals on 46% shooting from Russ. Okay, like that is insane. Bradley Beal was dealing with injuries in and out of the lineup down the stretch, playing in games that they really needed, but then sitting some as well. But he'd be plug and play in. But Russ has basically figured out a way to play with this team and control how the game is played. And so with when you have someone playing the game at that level and you're playing against a team where talent wise if you told me uh we're playing and i know it's a five on five game but if you're telling me talent wise like at the top level it's bradley beal 
and Russ, and then a hobbled Kemba Walker who hasn't been the same since, I mean, since he got to Boston, essentially. And Jason Tatum, who has been doing well, you know, he's had his moments, but we also know, like, he hasn't been the same Jason Tatum consistently down the stretch here. Without Jalen Brown, I just can't, I, I can't bet money on the Celtics. Their team okay. just has played well, hasn't played well all season. They disappointed a lot. Is Bill, is Bill Simmons going overboard in his, you know, attempt to reverse jinx? Because, you know, my man's always trying some type of reverse <laughs> jinx angle. Right. Right? But, like, Maybe. you look yeah. at it from that scenario and it's like, okay, uh, sure. But when I look at – when I think about it, the Celtics and Jason Tatum, it's just not a, t- a game where you're telling me you're going against Russell Westbrook who's – going a mile a minute like I know what I'm gonna get from Russ I don't know what I'm gonna get from the Celtics and if that's the case I'd rather bet on the Wizards and Beal's healthy now yeah Beal played in in yesterday's game and I mean is he 100% probably not because he missed a couple games before that and I Mm. think he only really suited up in yesterday's game to try to see if he had enough in the tank to win the scoring title which clearly he didn't Okay. But I think he's good enough to give it a go against, like, I mean, who are these guys the Celtics are really throwing? Like, Evan Fournier was their big, like, addition at the trade deadline. It's kind of oh, like, yo, Danny Ainge, man, like, what, what's going on, bro? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, seriously, what, what's going on here? Um, who are literally any other player on the Washington Wizards? So here's the part that is just incredible. When you're talking about Washington Wizards basketball – the, the, I can't even believe I'm saying this because and I can't say it with a straight face. But Alex Len, who some Raptors fans what? may be familiar with, he gets minutes on the Washington Wizards. Oh, he God. gets some starts on the Washington Wizards. I mean, <laughs> it's not pretty, but it's serviceable, right? Russ basically, sure. when you're playing Russell Westbrook, it's basically pick and roll, roll hard to the basket. I'll try and throw you the ball. Yeah. But if it's not Alex Len, then you're talking about the other Lopez twin, as in Robin Lopez. Oh, okay. Who, Lopez is on the team. All right. Yeah. They, they got a Lopez. But the, the real key to this team where they started making a run was they made a key pickup. I don't remember if it was like – it was like a scrap heap move, but Daniel Gafford. Okay. Right? Who people yeah, might Arkansas. not remember. It's, mm-hmm. See, you, because you love college ball, you're able to do that right away. I love it. I love it. But they pick up Daniel Gafford, right, who wasn't getting many minutes at all this season. And then all of a sudden he's able to play because, again, their centers were Alex Len, right? Their centers were yeah. Alex Len and, and Robin Lopez. Right. Because if you were – I mean, Thomas Bryant's not a household name by any stretch, but he was okay. their starting center coming in. He had yeah. a horrible knee injury. <laughs> well played. Horrible <laughs> knee injury to start the season, so he was out. So they're just playing with scrap heap guys. Alex Len, Robin Lopez. They pick up Gafford. He gives them a little more stability as well. And just, you know, if you don't have Len, if you don't have Lopez, at least you you have three guys. And hopefully you can get something from one of those three guys. And that gives you minutes. Uh, the other key part of this team, though, the biggest part, is okay. Rui Hachimura. That was my next question. I was going to ask so, you, what's, what's the story with my guy Rui? 
so he's been off and on this season, right? He's had some injury issues, but as he's come back into the lineup, he's a guy that's given them more scoring behind Russ and Bradley Beal. And in a weird sense, in a lot of the time that Bradley Beal missed, when Rui came back, that really helped him grow and develop his game because he needed to score. And so the NBA is weird, right? Because everybody can score. It's the NBA. Everybody can play basketball, right? (laughs) So if you put someone in, they can get buckets. But now when Russ is now feeding you, when you're getting more confidence because there's no Bradley Beal, but then Bradley Beal comes back, hey, Rui is someone that you can now look at and he can get you that 15 that you need because, you know, he's, he's playing against like the, what, third worst defender? or the third best defender on the other team. So other random person that you're going to look for on that team, Ish Smith, okay? Oh, wow. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. You'll see some random. I want to know before I end up putting money on this team, and I go, wait a second, Alex Lennon and Ish Smith are on the court at the same time? I put money on this? Like, why would I do that? Now I at least know ahead of time if I'm going to do that, like, this is is the life that I lead. There's some random minutes you'll get from from Ish Smith where you'll just see my guy, you know, you're kind of looking at it and wondering, like, hold on, is Ish Smith actually good? Right? right. Like, should Ish Smith be playing more? Like, it, it's, it's weird. It's a weird life. But this is just okay. where the Wizards are. And it's at this point, it's Russ's world. He's dominating the game. He's figured out a way to, you know, just control the tempo of the game and I don't think you can say the same about the Boston Celtics at this point. Will they have some strategy to, to force Russ into being a shooter? You know, force him into just like sag off him and force him into taking jump shots? I don't mm-hmm. know. That would be my that would be my game plan against the, the Wiz, but right. I don't know. He seems to just be on a wave where even if he's not scoring, he's giving guys a ball and, and get, putting them in positions to score. Yeah, and nobody's going to like this whole like one game – you know, everybody's watching me situation more than Russell Westbrook. Um, let's get to the, uh, the game that everybody's been waiting for at this point. Uh, and that's the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers. I uh, hold on, hold on. One, one... one sec, though. One okay, sec, though. Just a touch, just a tag on that. If the Wizards do play, do win this game and they finish in seven, okay. who do they match up against in the playoffs? Who is a two seed the Nets. in the Eastern Conference? And who is the Nets' best player? I mean, that Kevin, sort of depends. Oh, Kevin, I was going to say Durant. that kind of depends on, on, on how you look at it. But yeah, Kevin sure. Durant, James Harden, people <laughs> who Russell Westbrook might be familiar. Like, I'm just saying, as you just said, if you're telling me there's a one game opportunity that right. involves Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. And if you win that game, you get like, this is, yeah. this is some sure. Russell Westbrook thinks that he's as good as Kevin Durant. Sure. Yeah. Right. So let's go. I'm here for all that. That's a great point. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of conspiracy theories, right? Like let's get that matchup happening. Um, Yeah. The matchup that we have to have, um, I guess. And this is one that I think we could probably (laughs) skip if we had to skip one of these, uh, what, four matchups. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Like I said, the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers. How many Zellers are involved in this? And is there any Hansboroughs left in, in this, um, in these two teams? Uh, I have no idea how many Zellers are, are involved, but I'm going to set the line at one and a half for okay. the Zellers. Okay. Uh, zero Hansboroughs, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> in this matchup, though, like this is a weird one. But this, is, this exemplifies what the play-in tournament is for. 
And it's for a team like the Charlotte Hornets, who have mm-hmm. had nothing to care about or play for for the longest time, right? And sure. now you're at this point where, oh, you get a play-in, a one-off play-in game, and it's like, hey, if you win, cool, you play the next game. Like, you have some juice. Right. So the one problem with this for the Charlotte Hornets is that they would actually have been a decent team if Gordon Hayward didn't get hurt. Okay. The flip yeah. side is it's Gordon Hayward and he always gets hurt. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No one's going like, what? <laughs> Gordon Hayward got hurt? Nah. Oh, right. See that coming. But I'm still in on this game. Cause I'm, I'm here for the whole LaMelo ball show. Like we've talked about this before. Mm. I loved that. He went to Charlotte. I loved that, you know, I thought that he would get free reign in Charlotte because it's a young and growing team, but also a team with good infrastructure that, you know, would teach him along the way. So I think that's pretty cool. Problem is Indiana, the Indiana Pacers. I don't even know how to, if, if you're going to ask me about a game and, and like what the, the point spread is, I don't even know how to rate the Indiana Pacers at this point because they've had a weird ass season. And I know okay. every team in the league has had a weird ass season, but like they've been missing guys and, you know, Karis LeVert is said to be a game-time decision, he and Malcolm Brogdon in this game, okay. which it's like, if you're a game-time decision, and Malcolm Brogdon hasn't played since April, first mm. half, Karis LeVert has been back, but then in and out of the lineup since recovering from, like, the massive injury he got. Because remember, after the trade happened from the Nets, then he got trade. It was a three-team deal. He ended up on the Pacers, right? right? The James Harden right. trade. Yep. And once he did the physical with the Pacers, they found like an injury and I forget what the injury is, but something very serious. And he was out for a very long time. He's come back, he's putting up numbers, but their team has been like messed up. No miles Turner, no TJ Warren, no Jeremy lamb. And so you're getting a lot of like Doug McDermott, a lot of TJ McConnell. Uh, I think there's a couple holidays floating around on that spot as well. Okay. Like it's a it's a weird it's a weird look for that team. And so what's the line? I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Pacers, Pacers minus three and a half. Yes, that's what I said, and that's what it is. Look at okay. us, okay, right? Let's like go. the hardest one, and we just stumble like, our way into it. Uh, it's weird, right? Like, I don't know. Like, O'Shea Brissett is getting buckets on the Pacers, right? Oh, the Raptors Syracuse. are... Tr- hey, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Mad love to O'Shea Brissett. <laughs> the Raptors are... Or we're in full-on tank mode, right? The Raptors right. have sat everybody for the last stretch. O'Shea Brissett couldn't crack the Raptors roster, even right. while they're benching everybody. And then he goes to the Pacers, and my guy's dropping thirty pieces on Indiana. What? Wow. Like it okay. doesn't make it, it doesn't make sense. The Pacers don't make sense. So who do you like, if anybody? Is this a Charlotte so, just take the points situation? I think I think if you're if you're telling me just sit down and, and enjoy, and if you're forcing me to bet on this game, I would say Charlotte and take the points because the other part of the Pacers the end of this run of this season is they've faltered and they've fallen off dramatically. There's obviously infighting going on. 
there's a huge story about players talking about how they don't like the coach. So regardless mm, of what ends up happening, right. it seems like Nate Bjorkman, former Raps assistant, is about to get fired because stories like that don't get written by Woj, I'm pretty sure it was. Like right. those are like when Woj is writing that, it's getting leaked from a player and a player's agents, obviously, right? Right. But that's not a good look for a first year head coach. So he's out. And when you have infighting like that to the point where you have Fred Van Fleet on the Raptors broadcast yesterday saying that he's spoken to people on the Pacers and they're saying that's BS and it's not true. So that means there's different, you know, your locker room's divided. Yeah, we got to split. Yeah. It's not good. That's not, not good, good heading into any postseason matchup. And now you're talking about, I don't know, like it's the playoffs and I don't know if your best players are playing or not. That's okay. just too, too much, too much going on there. Take the okay. points, but I will say there's 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 a game we could play here where you wait it out to see if Brogdon because if Brogdon and Lavert are both in, I would assume that line you might be able to get an extra half point if you're the, right. the Charlotte Hornets, right? So yeah, yeah, you're you, that you're sort of balancing a beam there a little bit, going like okay, well, if they're out, right? Then maybe it drops down to a pick 'em or something like that. We lose all the value. I probably think I'd rather just take the plus three and a half and take my chances. I also throw in conspiracy theory, Lonzo Ball into the next into the next game, yep. right? Over anybody that the Pacers like have uh, in the mix there. Uh, I think we probably touched on it sort of accidentally here, but other than the Lakers, um, mm-hmm. any one of these other seven teams dangerous in the next round, you know, based on the matchup that they might theoretically have. Now, I know there's a couple of different ways that this could go, right, as far as who goes where, right? The Warriors could win theoretically, and then they go to the, you know, they go against the number two team, right? Like, if you win this game, yeah, yeah, you get the seventh spot or whatever, so things could get a little bit crazy or whatever. But is there a potential matchup that, again, a lot of permutations here, but is there a potential matchup you're like, well, you know, if this team got the seven – and, you know, like we just talked about it, you know, I sort of alluded to it, but like the Brooklyn Nets, Washington Wizards thing, like, do the Wizards have a hope against the Nets? Or are you just sort of saying that from the, oh, from no, the no, standpoint no. of Russ, like being in the mix? That would be like, take the overs all day, every day. <laughs> okay. There'd be no defense being played. The games would be like one one forty five to one twenty six. Like it'd just be like an insane gong show of no defense teams running up and down just scoring the the wizards would have no chance at winning the series but they might sneak in a game okay. and mm-hmm. you know russ will be yelling and screaming and stuff and that'd be cool um i don't know about interesting matchups but i think something needs to be said about the job that ty Lu did down the stretch of the nba season to somehow have his clippers lose back-to-back games sure. to end the season to the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder so that they could finish in that 4-5 slot, right? They could finish in the 4 seed and avoid potentially the Lakers until the conference finals. That's insane to me. Do you think that's more of a avoid the Lakers or did they want Dallas here? Because that sort of segues us here into the other series that are going to start uh, on the weekend here in Dallas and the Clippers play. Obviously, that was a really interesting, interesting series last year where we all just kind of waited and waited and waited for the Clippers to take care of it. And eventually they did. Um, yeah. So like on what sort of kind of break that down? Like, is that all we want Dallas all avoiding versus the Lakers? All they avoiding need the Lakers. to make. The- wow. Okay. All avoiding. They need to make the conference finals. 
And so if you have to play the Lakers, because here's the thing, right? If you come in third and now you're matched up against the Blazers, okay? I'm not saying that the Blazers would beat the Clippers, but that would be an interesting go, right? Like, I like the Blazers' chances against the Clippers just because, you know, Dame could get hot. Like, you could talk me into the Blazers beating them. You can't really talk me into the Mavs beating the Clippers this season. Not really. Okay. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Plus then add in now your your second round matchup, even if you did beat the Blazers, is now the winner of that 7-2 matchup, right? You'd yeah. be playing so instead of, you know, facing the Utah Jazz. So, of course, you'd rather be on that right. side of the bracket than going through the Blazers, right? Mm-hmm. So, 1,000%, you tank those games. And did you see their starting lineup? Well, literally, I've made one bet on the NBA this year, and it was last (laughs) night, OKC plus seven and a half, when I saw the the starting lineup for the Clippers. I tweeted it out. I'm like, are we doing this plus seven and a half? And so I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, might as well get this going now. And they won out, right? And I felt like an idiot for not taking the money line because in that situation, like, it's a high variance thing. And, like, I preach it all the time that we should just take the money line in that circumstance. And, of course, the money line ends up cashing there. So, okay. So, I mean, you like the Clippers then in that matchup against the Mavericks. You think it's going to be, you know, they're going to handle them much easier than last year because I think we were all – yeah, I say we all as if like I was on the edge of my seat here, but like everyone's sort of disappointed in what the Mavericks did this year. Yeah. And Luca came in and had to play his way into shape. Porzingis yeah. has just been injured, oft injured this season. Um, there's a lot of relying on some, like if I tell you some of the names that the, that um, the Mavs are like heavily reliant on this season, like right. their season turned once like, Dwight Powell came back. Don't get me wrong. I oh, love geez. my Canadians, but like sure. Stanford. You, you're heavily reliant on <laughs> Dwight Powell. Like, right. Come on, right? And it's like yeah. Finney Smith getting mad minutes. Uh, yeah. Jalen Brunson is sure. like, you just think of some of the people that they need and their season really took a turn when like Maxi Kleber was out. Oh, right. On. And he's okay. gone for a while, but like that was a key piece for their team. And, yeah. you know, is Luca the biggest thing for the Clippers and why I think, you know, if there's value anywhere in the Western conference, it's on the Clippers. And I said this at the start of the season, I'm pretty sure if you bring up our season preview, if we did a season preview on this, yep. cause I know I did yep. it on blast. Yep. I said I the Clippers, it. there's value on the Clippers. Right. Yeah. And now the biggest thing with the Clippers is again, we're looking at them as chokers and last year was bad and this, that, and the third, but now they also added Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Right. And the exact same reasons why I said the Lakers won last year was because Rondo's able to have these moments where I know the playoff Rondo thing makes it, you know, like sound cliche, but it's as basic as you need guys who can make a play in the NBA playoffs, right? Keep the game close. And can you make plays down the stretch? Rajon Rondo can make plays down the stretch instead of Pat Beverly, instead of Paul George. And that's what they lacked last year against Luka when the game was close. And then Luka's just feeling confidence in my guys hitting step-back threes over, uh, I keep calling him Bobby Shmurda because he looks like Bobby Shmurda, (laughs) but Reggie Jackson, right? And it's like Doc Rivers is gone to like, you know, make not make adjustments for the Sixers now in the playoffs. So if there's value anywhere, it's on the Clippers in the Western Conference. Okay, that's fair. Um, and so that so I imagine you're going to like them against the Jazz. 
is there a realm of possibility? Again, let's say it's Memphis. Let's say that that's a team that, again, looks a little bit more like a top five team, a top six team in the West with a full mm-hmm. strength group. Is there a chance at all that they could knock off the Jazz and create a little bit of an easier path potentially? And even if that chance is like 10%, whereas normally sort of an eight versus one is like 0%, value of the Clippers um, when it comes to even just a Western conference future, right? Like in the idea of them just, okay, you, you've got that price at plus, I think it's like 300, something along those lines. And you've got that price going into a matchup with the Lakers. And then you can kind of play around, uh, play around mm. with it from there. So is there any vulnerability necessarily with the jazz beyond the fact that you're just like, no, I think they go second, uh, second round. And then they run into a Clippers team that, that may, might just be better than them. Well, the the thing with the Jazz is Donovan Mitchell has been he's been hobbled for the majority of I, the second half of this messed up season. Okay. Um, so there's a and there's a lot of Jordan Clarkson involved okay. in, in the Utah Jazz basketball. Right. So Donovan Mitchell hasn't played in a while, right? So the assumption is that he'll come back and he'll be good to go for the start of the playoffs. But that means right. he hasn't he like he hasn't played games. So. Right. He's their best player. He's their he's their go to guy scoring wise. So, you know, that's a lot to just plug right into the playoffs and be like, all right, go. The thing I will say right. about their team though is they have a lot of good pieces, right? Like Bogdanovich and Joe Engels. Like those guys are basketball players in terms of they know how to play the game, right? Ball movement, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff like that that matters. But the playoffs sometimes just come down to your best players playing at a high level and be able being able to make plays. And that's where I see Utah might be having a little bit more trouble with, you know, a team, whether it is, you know, Memphis or whether it is Steph Curry, like, would we yeah. really be shocked if they're playing like six games in that yeah. first round? Okay. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and then you're talking about working. So the, the issue to me is Donovan Mitchell. How healthy is Donovan Mitchell? Is he good to go? Will he be good to go? Because, you know, if you look at Memphis, the other part is the Rudy Gobert thing isn't that much of a of, of an advantage, right? Because they right. have a front court that can go against Rudy Gobert. And he won't be just owning the paint and dominating the paint. JV will right. be up for that matchup. And that okay. stuff matters in the playoffs. So okay. could they give them a go? Yeah. yeah, they could give them a go. Yeah. They could give them a go. Okay, we'll see what happens when it comes to actually what uh, what turns out with regards to the matchups there. Uh, the other matchup that we know about for sure in the Western Conference is Portland and Denver. And, you know, another we had O'Shea Brissett CanCon in, uh, in, earlier on here, but unfortunately no CanCon when it comes to Jamal Murray. We know that he's not going to be in the lineup here. And so, listen, I'm uh, you know long a sucker here for the Trailblazers in any edition of, you know, them, as long as Damian Lillard is involved. So you know where I'm going with this. Um, are you with me here on Portland winning this series? I'm always going to be with you on Portland winning that series. If you tell me Dame is here for the – like, I'm, I'm here, right? I'm here. Portland's had such a very weird weird season, but right. ultimately it comes down to Dame. I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it comes down to your best players. And Jokic – Sure. He is a great player. He will win MVP, right? Is no this going to be awkward, like Nowitzki style here when he wins MVP, but he loses in the first round? It's just, it just comes down to what I was just talking about, right? If the game's cut, like basketball, the oversimplify it. Keep the game close. 
and trust on your best players to make plays down the stretch. And if you're giving, if you're just giving the ball to Jokic and trying to get him to score a bucket, I don't know if that's a successful way to win games. Like that's why they went as far as Jamal Murray was able to carry them in crunch time, right? Like he made all those big baskets in crunch time. So without Jamal Murray, a lot of that's going to fall on Michael Porter Jr. Now he wanted Mm. that smoke. He was asking for that (laughs) smoke last year in the playoffs. And now he gets what he wished for because they're going to need him to get buckets. But we've never seen him do it before. You know who I have seen do it before? Dame Dame Lillard time (laughs) and time again. So the Norman Powell thing, like I get what they were trying to do, but I don't think that really worked. We know as Raptors fans, we know Norm is going to have like the odd game where he goes crazy and it's like, hey, Norm's the best player in the world. <laughs> but, right, but for the most part, he's going to be Norm Powell. Yeah. But anytime so, you're telling me you're lining up, you're lining up Dame, CJ, right, and then mm-hmm. uh, Nurkic is back and and you know healthy-ish, but right. healthy enough to just be a pain to the Joker, right? At least yeah. be more than just fouls. I like that. You're talking me into the Blazers. You don't have to talk me hard into the Blazers. I'm in. Right. Well, if nothing else, right? Like after um, making. Dame Lillard, my MVP bet at 25 to one this year, have him, I think probably what top five, I think he's probably going to end up. So like decent effort there from, Mm -hmm. uh, from Dame there. Like, is there anything more predictable than the Blazers winning this series and me just online tweeting about how I demand a recount and that I want Dame Lillard (laughs) as the MVP over Jokic. Like it's a little too perfect. Uh, when it comes to that kind of thing where I'm going to somehow not make any money out of it though. Again, I'll be betting on the here. I'm here for well, it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what this when uh, when it comes to that one as well. So uh, let's shift it over overall, to the East. Oh, go ahead. One thing I'll say, though, because this is kind of overall for the entire league, right? This regular season was so messed up. Every team dealt with injuries. Every team dealt with COVID. So a lot of things were very jumbled up. And the Blazers are maybe a good example of a team that was built for now. Like, just get to the playoffs, right? Just get to the playoffs and – sure. What was your roster? So a lot of the moves that they made, forget about Norman Powell, but can you get to the to the playoffs and have Dame and CJ and Nurkic healthy, right? That's right. huge for them. Now you have Cantor coming off their bench, right? Now you have, you know, you have Simons, but he was a guy who you needed because when those guys were out, he had to play minutes. But you're going to have mellow moments. Like they're just a team that are made for the playoffs right now. And I don't think you want to play them in a playoff series especially not without Jamal Murray. There's no, there's no chance they're going to be favored, right? Like it isn't that much of a drastic no. change without Murray. Like it's still, Denver's still going to be favored in theory in the series. Right? Uh, in theory, yes. But, but I it's going to be, be pretty close to a pick I imagine. Like closer yes. than maybe you would think based on the seating. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. As for the East, and we have to get to this because, you know, if you know where I was going when it comes to the, Portland Trailblazers. I know where you're going when it comes to the oh. Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Or do See, I? No, you don't. Actually, oh, okay. okay. This is, so here's the thing, right? And this is something that I want you to pay attention to. And I want you to <laughs> I pay attention to, pay to attention all of it. To, Let's okay? go. People who, because I say this a lot, and you actually started the podcast with this, right? This is a time where everyone pretends as if they know basketball. Right. People will be like, oh, yeah, this is. So there were people who when the Milwaukee Bucks got Drew Holiday, people were like, really, you gave up that much for Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday is not that good. 
the playoffs are when people are going to be like, you know who's really that good? Drew Holiday. Man, he okay. really plays defense. Watch for that narrative, okay? You're going to have the people who are going to be like, oh, man, I really didn't know Drew Holiday was that good. And then you're going to have the people who watch basketball, right, and right. know that Drew Holiday is a high, high-level defender, right? Mm-hmm. And so Drew Holiday can also get you buckets. Drew Holiday is just a grown-up. I have this thing I talk about all the time on my pods in basketball where you need a certain amount of grown-ups, people sure. who aren't going to be shook in the moment when, you know, things get tough. And Drew Holiday is one of those dudes. And when you're telling me that you're replacing, you know, the point guard spot that the Bucks have had in prior seasons where you're talking about there's either a wash George Hill or it's an erratic Eric Bledsoe, right? Or yeah. who else did they have, right? Like it just, and now you're telling me it's Drew Holiday, someone who can affect the game on both ends of the floor. Sign me up for that. That is a big, big time pickup. And now is when you'll see if people are telling you like the don't sleep on the Bucks in these in these playoffs. I know we got tired of the Bucks because they kept flaming out and losing in in you know earlier than they should or whatever. But Drew Holiday is a big time pickup. So I was kind of mad at this first round matchup because I was hoping Miami somehow got into the four five game. Okay, right? Because I think like this Bucks Heat series it's too early for it right (laughs) right it's too early i don't want to see this series like in the first round but sign me up um isn't it funny that like they they make these play-in games right and you sort of said like it's to quote unquote jazz up the regular season right like it's to make that kind of more interesting but like it actually kind of worked out or at least i think they were trying to make the first round more interesting right because that's usually the round that like to mm-hmm. be honest like kind of sucks but it's like yeah. they make these play-in tournament to kind of sprite spruce up this first round but this year for whatever reason like these first round matchups are actually pretty good right again part oh, of it yeah. is because the lakers aren't you know at the top or whatever whoever lebron's on whatever team he's mm-hmm. on isn't at the top of the league so sort of everything else is going to kind of flow downwards if you will but yeah, like this is a this is a conference like a literal conference final type of a matchup here, um, at least just from a branding standpoint. So I think I'm right with there with you. I was like, um, you know, again, having not watched any games this regular, more than familiar with the works of Drew Holiday, and so I'm like, okay, like this is going to be that situation where a lot of people are going to be looking to fade the Bucks here, especially yeah. against a team that has that reputation, right? So we might end up getting a decent price here on the Bucks. And you know me. I love Miami. I want yeah. to root for Miami. You know me. I'm a Jimmy Butler stan. I, I I love heat culture. Like, I just didn't want them to run into this matchup right away because Giannis, we already know what Giannis is going to do, but it was, about, it was always about what else were they going to get. And Chris Middleton, as good as he is, as great of a story as Chris Middleton is, he's not really about that life, right? Like, he's good, right. sure. but he's not, like – okay, Giannis can't do anything. Okay, we need Chris Middleton now. That's not going to happen. If Chris Middleton's your third best player, yeah, now you, you can got run something. with that. Mm-hmm. You can run with that. You can run yeah. with that. It makes tons so of sense. It's, it's tough. And the Heat, uh, I mean, Tyler Hero hasn't had a good season. He's come on a lot late. But there's too much reliance on, like, Trevor Ariza off the scrap heap and Andre right. Gudala off the – like, that's yeah. – Yeah, not, not, not ideal. Um, okay, last one in the East. Um, I can't believe either of these teams are good. Uh, Atlanta and the <laughs> Knicks. When, when did this happen? And, and, and yeah. sort of as part of it, like, is Philly's road now paved 
in the same way, but obviously a little bit different because they're the number one seed, but a little bit different, um, you know, from the Clippers where we kind of go, okay, the Clippers have a pretty good road to the conference finals. Is that the same case here for Philly? Because am I, or, or am I supposed to believe in either of these teams and at the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks? So it's tough. I mean, I don't really believe in either the Knicks or the Atlanta Hawks and the Hawks are a good story. The Hawks, once they got healthy, Mm-hmm. And, and got everyone together and, you know, the coaching change to Nate McMillan completely flipped their season. And it's rare that you actually see that happen because yeah. when Lloyd Pierce got let go, people were kind of like, wait, that's a, that's a weird move. I don't know if you can blame Lloyd Pierce when there's so many injuries that they're dealing with, but all of a sudden Nate McMillan takes over and their season turned around. So here they are in this matchup against the Knicks who not many people would have thought the Knicks would be a four seed. But this is just a Tibbs grinded out. Um, something else we talk about a lot on the pod. If you're a team that plays defense and plays hard every day, that's worth regular season success in the NBA. And that's the New York Knicks. They're not that yeah. good. I don't think they'll be able to score and keep up with the Atlanta Hawks, but it'll be fun just because it's the Knicks and Knicks fans and, you know, Madison Square Garden and, and, and that'll be cool. But I don't really see the Knicks doing much in these playoffs, but if they were to have a chance, I think they have a chance against the Hawks more so than the Heat or the Bucks or, you know, whatever else right. their first round matchup could have been. They're going to be home here. Are they going to be favored then? And are you going to be betting the Hawks series price here? I bet the Hawks. And I don't know. I mean, I know the Knicks are favored, but I mean, if the Knicks are favored, I don't think they'll be favored by much. But either right. way, I take the Hawks just because what's going to happen to the Knicks is you're going to see some very ugly, ugly basketball and possessions where they just can't score. Because it's going to be a right. lot of we just give the ball to Julius Randle or Derrick Rose and hope that they can get a bucket. And <laughs> that's going to be tough. Whereas the, the, Hawks, the Hawks are just running up and down, gunning, yeah. like shooting threes. Like it, it's. But are they good enough a to lot. be favored even though they're not – they don't have home court advantage? Like, I don't – No, 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 no. No, right? No, so, like, it's probably like a Knicks yeah. minus 120, like, plus 100 type of thing. Um, yes. But like I said, we'll see about that one. All right, so we'll wrap okay. it up um, here with one more. Obviously, the big picture, right? And so from a futures standpoint, and I like, try, you know, trying to grab one team from either conference to make a bit of a run to just win the conference, and then we'll deal with the NBA Finals when we get to the NBA Finals here. And so obviously, the sort of big, the magnet, right, in the West, the East makes a little, you know, a lot more sense when it comes to the odds and whatnot. But like the magnet in the West is the Lakers. And so, you know, like we talked about, the Lewis Hamilton starting 17th element. And, you know, you've got these Lakers and they're plus 230 to win the West, but they have this extra step. And so I was curious and I went and I did a little math, right? And I'm like, okay, well, they're minus 270 to win this first game on the money line, right? And then if they do that, then they're going to be going up against Phoenix, which we didn't talk a ton about, but I would imagine the Lakers are probably in the series price, probably going to be around minus 270 or take, yeah. um, you know, a couple of cents one way or another. And then they would play either Portland or Denver. And they'd probably be around minus 270 in that situation, maybe even a little bit higher. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so finally you get to the Clippers and even against the Clippers, kind of think minus 270 would be around the number <laughs> where the series would be. So I just kind of multiplied 270 and 270, 270, 270, and it comes out to plus 250. 
And so, like, that's kind of, right, plus 230 available now. We all know, like, okay. most of the time, if you roll over the money lines on these futures, you're probably going to get a better price. So just using those numbers, I rolled it over to a better price at plus 250. So, you know, this plus 230 number doesn't look all that insane when you actually sit back and you do the math behind it here. But, mm-hmm. you know, you said you, you know, you don't like the Lakers gonna, at that price. You're, you're leaning towards I the Clippers. Like the Lakers at all. Exactly. I don't like the Lakers at all. LeBron, okay. LeBron saying that Steph Curry, he thinks Steph Curry is the MVP. LeBron saying uh, he doesn't think he'll ever be the same again, like coming off of this injury. LeBron talking salty about a grown, what I think his quote was, a grown ass man dove at my leg for a loose ball. That's how right. I, like LeBron is either, right? right? Setting us up for if they win, this is like the greatest win ever. Or right, he's which is how his move. For, for sure. Or he's setting us up for the built-in excuses when they lose, right? Yes. I don't know which one move. it is, but right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. I can't get in LeBron's head. But I will say this. Just looking at this team, I thought, and I know this sounded crazy, but I think I said it to you on last year's pod for the championship, I was stunned that the Lakers won because I didn't think they were that good. I think the, the nature of the bubble – and what you needed and the camaraderie that that team had in the bubble helped them so much more than it helped teams that didn't have as good chemistry, right? Right. When you watch some of those games, the Lakers, like, it's just, it's tough. And if LeBron's not going at LeBron, like, high peak level, then you need Anthony Davis to be 2,000 Shaq and go for 40 and 20s every night. And Anthony Davis is not built like that. So if you're now talking me into Andre Drummond and Kuzma and those dudes, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers lost to the Suns. Like mm. I'm not take, I'm not in on the Lakers making this like huge run. If you're telling me Lakers Clippers in a full series, I'm taking the Clippers. Like I'm not buying Lakers stock right now. I'd say sell, 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 sell Lakers stock. Okay, and then the East. Are we doing the Bucks here because we think that there's maybe some value because. People think that they might have trouble in this first round, and we don't necessarily believe that. And then, of course, that means you'd have to take them against the Sixers. And we haven't really talked that much about the Sixers because I think, you know, in a lot of ways, the Sixers are the Sixers. They're just kind of doing what they're going to do. Not much has changed over the last couple of years with them. Um, So what's the bet in the East then from a a conference standpoint? So here's here's the thing. Start of the season, my pick, and I kind of backed myself into this pick from the start of the season was Nets versus Clippers, right? Okay. Obviously, that was from the start of the season. The Nets have added James Harden. So I have a hard time in betting against the Brooklyn Nets. Right. If you're telling me, bet my life, bet my house, I got to yeah. go to the Brooklyn Nets. The problem is with the Bucks. I could see the Bucks making the finals, right? But yeah. the thing is, if you're telling me you're Milwaukee Bucks and, and you have to go through the Miami Heat, then you got to go through the Brooklyn Nets, before you get to the conference finals to take on yeah. the Sixers, like that is a serious, serious path. And as much as I'd, I'd love to say, yo, the, if, if the Bucks, you know, I could see them doing it. And I talked about Drew Holiday a lot. I even like the matchup of the Bucks against the Nets. Like I like them having a chance against the Nets. I like it right. a lot. But that's just a gauntlet to run through. And I don't know if Budenholzer is up for that. Right. Yeah. So then it maybe is just, it's just Sixers and, and it's Clippers. And with the idea that like, 
okay, Bucks we could just... or Nets are Bucks or Nets are beating the Sixers. Well, I just mean like the Sixers will get to the conference finals. Oh, yes. And yes, then yes. you can play back on whichever one of those teams meets them there. You know what I mean? Correct. Because we're getting yeah. a decent price here with the Sixers. I mean, it's not a great price necessarily, but at least that's kind of the starting point. And if you mm-hmm. think that this, you know, listen, the Sixers are almost definitely going to make the conference finals just based on this route, right? And so yeah. then you can make a play. If you're not sure whether it's Nets or Bucks, you know, you can sit back, watch that series, maybe bet that individual series, depending on what that mm-hmm. number ends up being. And then you sit there and you go, okay, it's Bucks and Sixers. I'll take the Bucks here. Or it's Nets and Sixers. I'll take the Nets here, right? Like you can and make you, that you, move later on. And the reason I like that move too, Rusty, is because you give yourself time to see – can Kevin Durant and James Harden be healthy? Yeah, exactly. Because right? that's a, that's another like real, real part to all of this. They haven't been healthy for the whole season. So yeah. are they now going to be healthy consistently for two months in like games where you have to play hard defense, you have to play hard all the time? That remains to be seen as well. It's a finicky trio, right? Like you just don't mm-hmm. know what you're going to get and to pay the price that you have to pay for any sort of futures when it comes to that group is, is just too high of a price for what you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, when they're all on the court and they're all healthy, it's all looking good. But after that, it can, uh, it can fall off real quick. That's our guy. He's going to be joining us every Monday to break down sort of the week that was, the weekend that was for these NBA playoffs. Um, we'll see if anything changes and, and, and how we're going to change uh, what we want to do as these teams um, really find their place here in uh, in the grid with uh, with all these playoff uh, play in games um, getting us set for the first round and beyond. Sheldon, looking uh, forward to the next month or so here with the NBA playoffs. Thanks, man. Can't wait. There you go, our guy Sheldon bringing it as always. Looking forward to that every Monday here for the NBA playoffs. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do some PGA Championship. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA as far as actually securing our bets here. I've already made a couple of them. Going to take the plus 3.5 with Charlotte. Going to give the minus 3.5 with Memphis. Uh, and looking to grab the Lakers here at that short price. Just kind of wanting to maybe wait and see if there is that injury element um, that might have led to this number. Taking a pretty big dip well below sort of what I thought or what I anticipated we would necessarily see. Uh, And then, of course, hockey stuff, right? We'll recap the three games tonight, which, you know, whether or not we have physical bets on each game tonight, I think every single one of them is going to be interesting. How could they not be based on the first edition of all those games? And, of course, Boston-Washington didn't disappoint in its second game. And then, of course, Wednesday, we'll actually have Edmonton and Winnipeg to talk about uh, leading into that game. So we can start talking about the North here as they join the party uh, as we slowly see the Canucks and the Flames finally finish up the regular season here in the next couple of days. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter at MRussAuthentic, the occasional live hockey play if I can get it off in time over there, and at the Action Network app, same handle, at MRussAuthentic. Until tomorrow, I'll see you at the window. 